Welcome back to the Psyche Awakening. I'm your host, Jessica Clowers, and this week's topic is emotional intelligence. I posted an article on my website by Kendra Cherry that discusses the history and measures of emotional intelligence. And according to the article, emotional intelligence refers to the ability to perceive, control, and evaluate our emotions. I want you to think about that carefully because the question that I asked the listening audience last week was if you thought emotional intelligence is a trait we are born with or an ability that we are born with or if it's something that we learn as we grow. The article states that some researchers suggest emotional intelligence can be learned and strengthened while others claim it is an inborn characteristic, something we are born with. The term emotional intelligence did not surface until around 1990, so the term itself is very young. The article was written with the perception that emotional intelligence can be learned or strengthened, and it does provide information on testing your own personal emotional intelligence, along with tips on how to improve your emotional intelligence. However, this article does not give any description regarding emotional intelligence as an ability or trait. By reviewing the components of emotional intelligence associated with this article, perceiving emotions is the first step in understanding emotions. The article states this might involve understanding nonverbal signals such as body language and facial expressions. Reasoning with our emotions is the next step that includes prioritizing what we pay attention to and what we react to. And the final steps of this model include understanding emotions and managing emotions effectively. According to psychologist Daniel Goleman, there are five elements that make up emotional intelligence. They are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. For this case study, I asked the listening audience if they thought emotional intelligence was more of a trait we are born with or if it is something that we learn. Now, if you go to your internet browser and you ask Google something along the lines of, are babies emotionally intelligent? One of the results said, babies can feel interest, distress, disgust, and happiness from birth, and they can communicate these through expressions and body posture. It goes on to say that at around six months, babies begin to mimic or repeat the emotions and expressions that they see in other people. According to a statement from greatpointwellness.org, we are born expressing our own emotions. Within six months of our life, we learn how to impersonate the emotions of others. To determine the credibility of this article, I pulled another article out of the GCU library on basic consciousness of the newborn, written by Dr. Hugo Lagerkrantz and Dr. Jean-Pierre Changot. According to this article, the newborn shows several signs of consciousness, such as being awake and aware of him or herself and the person they are interacting with. Furthermore, newborns express primary emotions such as joy, disgust, and surprise. They also remember sounds, rhymes, and vowels they were exposed to during the fetal phase of life. According to this article, Full-term newborn infants are able to process complex visual stimuli, recognize faces, and process information about characteristics of faces from birth. 
The participant I chose for this case study scored 71 out of 75 on the Emotional Intelligence Assessment and 104 out of 110 on the Empathy Assessment, putting them in the High Emotional Intelligence category. The participant's perspective of emotional intelligence is that it is an indeed an ability or trait that this particular individual was born with. The participant's perspective also suggests that the strengthening or learning of emotional intelligence is more of an educational process on how to live with the ability. I initiated a series of further questions to investigate the participant's perspective and I determined that the participant had been experiencing emotional symptoms under a common term in the parapsychology realm known as a psychic empath. A psychic empath is defined as a person who has a rare and special gift of being able to feel the emotions around him or her as if they were their own emotions. According to PsychicElements.com, people are born with this ability, and they don't often realize they are different from most people until they are crossing over into their teenage years. Empath children are generally shy and sensitive and are often confused by people's reaction to their sensitivity. Psychic empath ability is not the same as a normal ability of feeling empathy for other people. The difference between empathy and psychic empath is that people can relate to other people's emotions with empathy, but a psychic empath feels other people's emotions as if they are their own. But why are these two terms so closely related? Psychic empath is known as an ability where a person feels the emotions of others. And then empathy is defined as the ability to relate to other people's emotions. So if we were to use a scale of 1 to 10 for empathy, for example, would a 10 represent a psychic empath? And is it possible to learn that ability? The participant reported having random, unexplainable emotions throughout their life, but they did not become aware of their empathic abilities until later on in their adulthood. Once the participant became aware of their ability, it became easier to determine which feelings were theirs and which emotions were those of other people. The participant was able to distinguish these differences by the strength of the emotion. The participant claims the emotions of others generally come across as stronger than usual, as in stronger if they were feeling that emotion themselves. The participant claims that slowing down, paying attention, and educating themselves on the ability is how they learn to recognize and control their emotions. It is possible the article written by Kendra Cherry on the history and measures of emotional intelligence did not explore the other side of the research debate simply because it crosses that fine line between psychology and parapsychology. There is no medical diagnosis for psychic empath, and psychologists generally don't like to discuss what they cannot explain. So the question was, is emotional intelligence an ability that we are born with, or is it something that we learn and strengthen over time? In this particular case study, I have determined it is most definitely possible to be born with emotional intelligence, and it is also possible for some abilities in newborns to be stronger than others. If we were to use a measurement scale of 1 to 10 and low empathy represents a 1, while psychic empath abilities represent a 10, do you think it's possible for people with lower empathy levels to achieve a level as high as a 10 
through education and practice. I invite you to share your thoughts and experiences on my Facebook page under this podcast titled Emotional Intelligence. Next week's topic is dreams. Why do we have them? Where do they come from? And what on earth do they mean? I posted an article on my website by Hannah Nichols that discusses what dreams are and why we dream. The article has some interesting facts and discusses some of the theories as to why we dream from a psychology perspective. I also posted another article written by Christine Beswick that explores dreams from a parapsychology perspective. We will be tapping into the psychological and parapsychological explanations behind our dreams and learning how to use our dreams to unlock the dreams and desires that lie in our future. Thank you so much for joining me today and join me again next week for another episode of The Psyche Awakening.